Hey all, welcome to Geek Freaks. We got another crossover for you. Today I'm joined by Justin from Lit Gaming Arena. How you doing, Justin? I'm doing great. How are you today? Doing good, staying busy. Uh, before we go too far, can you explain to me uh, what you and Marcus are doing over there at Lit Gaming Arena? Well, we are bringing you a video game podcast, much like Geek Freaks podcast. <laughs> uh, we uh, we do two episodes a week. Uh, it, 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 our podcast was too long at one point, so we do two episodes because we were getting up to the three and a half hour mark where no one wants to listen to a podcast that long except for me. <laughs> yeah, right. So what we did for everybody is we split everything up. We have a news podcast where we just talk about the news and everything relevant in video game uh in the video game industry and then we do the regular lga cast where we just talk about the games we're playing and we do uh community engagement so it's a it's a great great little podcast we we like to uh have some fun banter we have some jokes we have good time it's always a great laugh whenever uh whenever marcus over for the podcast he always has something to to joke about, or sometimes we have some wacky characters join us, <laughs> which uh, unannounced, and those are always fun. Sounds like a good show. Uh, you know, it's it's a really good community and stuff like that you got going on over there. Uh, you guys got to make sure to check out Lit Game Arena or LGA. You know, usually that's what I refer to you guys as LGA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and you have a, a pretty good focus on esports, right? Yeah, we we well for a time we've kind of fallen back on it a little bit mm-hmm. because of some Overwatch stuff where they 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 don't like uh, community Overwatch tournaments to make money. So we've kind of fallen back on that a little bit because we we literally get no support from from Blizzard for any of that type of stuff. It's all just community driven, and it's really hard to push any of that stuff when we can't actually have big prize pools without just dipping into our own funds for it. So anything like um, tournament prizes have to, or anything, anything like um, entry fees have to go 100, 100% towards um, host prize pools. And uh, we can't actually like use that to reinvest into ourselves to, do any promotion we have to reach out and find sponsors and we're not quite big enough to get any sort of sponsor so we're kind of caught between a a rock and a hard place when it comes to that like we need to be bigger in order to draw sponsors but we're not but we we need to have money to do that at the same time yeah so we've kind of fallen taking a backseat with the esports stuff but we'll see how things go in the the future uh for that but we're kind of that's kind of a, a little bit on the back burner while we develop the the actual podcast. Right. See, over here we've been working on the esports desk. We're trying to trying to figure out if we want to do a second show and stuff like that. We've talked to people and stuff about doing a second show that's all about focused esports. And it's it's an interesting business kind of thing to get into, right? Because uh for the most part, companies are just super excited if you're willing to talk about their esports because it's more, you know, advertisement for the game and more advertisement for the actual sport going on. Uh, you think that Blizzard would be cool with you guys, you know, just pushing more Overwatch views. Why not? Uh, do you know of any other companies that are so aggressive about that? You know, I'm not I'm not really sure. I haven't looked too much into it. Overwatch was kind of the thing when I joined up with uh, Lake Gaming Arena because um, we've been a thing since before I started doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, the, it kind of spawned from my my brother-in-law who started the company, and that's kind of... His goal is to eventually start an esports bar, 
in Colorado in in the Denver area and that's kind of his it's more or less his his end goal ish yeah. i want to say end goal because that's not really the end and once you get to the bar it's, that's not the end that's be the beginning yeah. really um and i joined up and my idea was hey we should do a podcast and gain like an online following and that way if we have people in online we have a social media presence that might help us out when we actually do somehow have the money to start an actual esports bar. Yeah. And so I kind of took over the whole kind of digital front facing type stuff for the internet. Um, and the esports stuff is mostly is uh, kind of mo- mostly done through him. And he has a lot of different contacts where we have a lot of people that, that will, if we do, if we ever do a tournament, we have a bunch of people that will jump on and, and cast for us and, and do voiceover. And um, we are teamed up with a small little company called uh, Forsyth Esports, a little st- uh, esports startup. And they just did a pretty big tournament with like a huge prize. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's all that's. And again, that's that's all money that they've self-funded because, again, Blizzard doesn't let you uh, get make money off of it so a lot of the money that you get or a lot of the money just ends up going into it and um it's really hard to grow when you're just sinking money into it rather than having people give the money to promote it so it's 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 a really weird situation because they just they they have these really tight restrictions on everything that community esports can do and you're not supposed to host any community tournaments on the same day as like any of their stuff so it's 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 really messed up situation um and that kind of stepped on the foot of uh forsyth or forsyth esports recent tournament too because they had planned out for a certain day and then suddenly because of covid overwatch or the overwatch league started moving stuff around and then they moved something to the same day that the forsyth esports tournament was supposed to be and so we ultimately had to change it because nobody would have been available that time. Yeah. So yeah, that was it's a weird situation. I'm not sure who's better about it. I know that we have some eyes on Valorant. I'm yeah. possibly switching to something like that because I think that might end up being the new big thing uh for esports because I hear it's just a really fantastic game. Personally, it's not a type of game that I play. I've never been a Counter Strike kind of guy. Yeah, same. and it seems like it's it's like a Counter Strike mixed with, uh, with a an Overwatch. Yeah, so it plays more Counter Strike than I went into it hoping it was more Overwatch, but it isn't. It's it's very it's much Counter Strike yeah. with a little bit yeah. of Overwatch in there, and it's like oh, it's too bad, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, it seems like a great game. It's just not my type of game. I've never been huge on. Uh, first-person shooters, except for Halo. <laughs> really, that's yeah. where where my my uh, my brain's at for like first-person shooters. It's been like Halo and like Unreal Tournament 2004. That's that's classic right there. That's old school right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So, I uh, you know, and and, it, and I want to address this too. We've always tried to get in on these tournaments you guys are throwing, but man, it's it's hard when it's six people you got to get together that. Are halfway decent at Overwatch, you know. So, uh, I, I right. that too's got to be hard. Is scheduling just all these teams you guys have got going on? Um, yes, and and a lot of times it always ends up being that like, even even though it's a free tournament, um, and there's a prize pool with it being a free entry, mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, we a lot of the teams don't sign up until like the day of the tournament. Right. Yeah. Oh, hey, this guy's got the day off. Let's go and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like we, we we're trying to plan something ahead of time, and we tried to do do it better with like the um, having an entry fee on a tournament, hoping that would draw in some people that want to win some money. Like we had like a six hundred dollar prize pool with the last tournament we wanted to do, and we had like one team sign up for it. And it's like, do you guys not want to make money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It... Like we had, it's like, it's not like we're, like I said, it's not like we're doing anything uh, bad with the money. Like we're like, we would be banned from doing tournaments with Overwatch if we were taking any of the money for ourselves. Like all the, all the money has to go to the prize pool. So it was all going to um, the prize pool and that allowed us with that that amount of money would have allowed us it was like 25 bucks a team mm -hmm. and that amount of money would have allowed us to have a a first second and third prize and before it was just like oh we're we have like a 60 dollar first prize for a free entry tournament so like it 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 allowed more money to or more people to make money um but no one wanted to get in on it despite our best efforts of promoting it so it's it's tough. It it's tough, it's really yeah. tough to to run tournaments as a like a community tournament as opposed to being anything like officially sponsored. One thing that that I always find interesting. So so we compare this to physical sports a lot of times. And if you're thinking of it kind of these lower tournaments, right, that are not like, you know, Overwatch League official, it's kind yeah. of you you're almost like, okay, we're sitting here at the your local softball match and then we're trying to get up to AAA and you're working your way up, right? Um but the problem is, is those are all within the same sport. Those are all baseball. And if you switch yeah. over to a new game, is it like switching over to a new sport? We have a lot of Overwatch players and CSGO players for that matter that moved over to uh, to Valorant there. Uh, the biggest one's got to be Sinatra. He was part of San Francisco Shock. He's one of the biggest names in Overwatch. Now he's playing over there uh, at, at uh, Valorant there. Uh, yeah. What, what, what can be done to make esports more appealing to the masses? Because I feel like, you can't really root for any one team or league or anything like that when there's constant shifting players to do whole new game. I think it really comes down to location. Mm -hmm. I think you got to have locations to root for because you look at anything like baseball or hockey or any rager sport, football, it's all like it's all it's all associated with the location. If you have a permanent location, whether you have different people come in and out of the team and move to different different areas or different teams or different games i think the the best way to go about it is to to have solid like a solid physical location like this is where the team is from this is where they're based this is where everybody is and that then that becomes like kind of like a regional pride sort of right. thing um so anyone from like new york is for the most part they're gonna be oh yeah let's we're gonna support our team from new york that's that's i think that's probably the best way to go about it but i realize it is difficult with the fact that esports is such a worldwide thing right um it's a global thing rather than a like a local or national thing so it is a little bit hard but i mean even in that case there there could be something where you have like tournaments within the country to see who who goes on to get into the the global tournaments and stuff like that i think that's the way that you could go about it but i think it, it's it's a lot of regional pride that gets people really pumped up for um like physical sports 
even even for areas that don't have like Montana, we don't have any major sports teams, so we just kind of have to pick something and go with it. Yeah, it it, it is a bit tricky because uh, I think the, the the established sports have an easier go with it because you know that like the Green Bay Packers aren't going anywhere, right? So you could still root yeah. for them and be okay when, and they'll have a quarterback for the next seven to twelve years when you may have these esports players change teams every two years. The esports life is not that long anyways for any player. Uh, yeah. Like it is esports player will be like, well, I can play esports from like le- legally from like what? 17 to like 24. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then, then it's like, then they're, then, then your reaction time starts slowing down because you just don't like you're, you're, you're using a lot smaller, more precise movements rather than um, being able to, train yourself up and and get stronger for like a physical sport it's right. it's, it's totally different thing to, to to work on because your eyesight only gets worse over time and there the, there's nothing you can ever do to improve that but like if you start losing muscle mass like you can always just work out more <laughs> yeah and and as soon as you start playing esports really there's a clock on you that i mean there is not going to be a tom brady that everybody's like oh he's in his 40s like that kind of thing just can't happen because you can't hit the gym yeah. for your brain like you just can't make you quicker uh in the, in the right way yeah not not unless you're doing copious amount of drugs and that's going to have <laughs> a lot worse effects so uh, that reminds me. Okay, so now think of drugs in esports. We have what I would count, I, I would consider as kind of these steroids. This is something we talked about on the last episode of uh, News of the Week for our podcast. Um, in, in baseball, whatever, you know, you got these famous steroid cases and they made the person better yeah. at the sport. Well, in esports, we kind of ran into a situation that was like, wait, is this kind of the, the steroids of esports? And it was uh, a player for, and I don't remember exactly the team. But uh, he was using Razor Synopsis for Dota 2 prob- to make <laughs> it was it probably Phase. Right, yeah. God, Every time there's a controversy, it's always Phase, right? Yeah, I know, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Somebody gets banned, and they're, like, out crying. It's like, look at the shit you guys are doing. Um, <laughs> no, but, yeah, they were using uh, – so, you know, you can't use uh, bots or anything like that in Dota 2, of course. But they were using Razor Synopsis, which lets you build uh, macros on the mouse. And they were using that to create a character that was moving faster than a player can physically do themselves. So they they got disqualified and then they're trying to counter it and say, like, look, let's get back in. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Is is using the hardware because it's not necessarily standardized. It's not like Reebok is taking care of all our jerseys, guys. It's whatever you bring to the table. Is there a problem there? Do we need to get a standardized uh, mouse, keyboard and stuff like that? I, I definitely think that um, there needs to be like standardized equipment, whether it's whoever's sponsoring the stuff or whoever is sponsoring the maybe whoever's sponsoring the tournament. It is really hard to do that because there is such a huge range of uh, equipment. It's like, well, I grew up playing on Logitech mice, and now I got to switch to a razor, and, yeah. and I've never used a razor mouse before, and that's an automatic disadvantage. So that's a down. That's a big downside to that. But at the same time, it does give people advantage when they're using specific mice that can do certain things or keyboards that can do certain things. And that's that's always like an issue with controllers and console tournaments, right? Where you have a lot of you have you have the standard controllers, but then there's like third party controllers or even um 
like the elite controllers. Even, or yeah, even the elite controller. Like that's if you're using an, an elite controller over a regular Xbox controller, and you're playing a Call of Duty tournament or something, like you're gonna have an advantage over the people with the regular controller because you have that button or you have those backside buttons that you can map to anything. That's gonna be an advantage no matter what. Um, so I definitely think there has to be some sort of standardization when it comes to esports and equipment. Um, otherwise, you're going to get that that type of stuff where people are going to have an advantage just because they had the money for better equipment. Yeah. Yeah, and it throws an extra gate on the sport in general to where it's like, look, it yes. doesn't matter how skilled you are. If you can't afford this, you know, couple thousand dollar uh, graphics cards so that you can see the cutting edge, you know, sp- you know, speeds and stuff like that. It, it, it boils down to uh, just another uh, hurdle to jump over to become a pro. And uh, there's already plenty in the esports world. And again, that very limited window where you need to get it done. And at 17, there's like yeah. try to invest actual cash into a hobby that your parents are probably seeing you like you're spending too much time on the video or on the computer playing video games. And your argument is like, I'm trying to become a professional video game player, which for a lot of parents still sounds crazy. Uh, it's yeah. it's a tough one to kind of to, to navigate. And it's amazing that some of these players have even been able to do it. Yeah. And for these big tournaments where there are these big leagues. It, it should almost be like the league should be providing the equipment because yeah. even even if you're using standard equipment, like you, are, how are you going to inspect the equipment to make sure it's not modified in any way? Um, like there's that period of time where people were um, they were able to hack like Xbox 360 controllers and in and do like the uh, what was that called? Um like the hyper trigger okay something yeah. like that where yeah. i'm thinking it, it's like you used to be able to do it on like super or super nintendo as well for street fighter and stuff like that you used to be able to yeah and there's the like combos. essentially like it was like a trigger that would just press really really fast like you'd press it and it would just be like like super insanely fast trigger pressing mm-hmm. like so like it, 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 some of the games back then didn't have a limit on how fast you could press the trigger if you held down, it would fire at a certain rate, but you could theoretically fire faster if you pressed the trigger really fast. So yeah. people were just like headshotting with like unloading an entire clip on somebody with one press of a trigger because they were able to mod it to get it to I, trigger that many times. I think quickly. I remember that now. Now that you're talking about it, I'm like, I remember that being a controversy when it was early on and it was like almost bragging rights that you were able to get one of those controllers. Yeah, and I can't remember if it was an regular original Xbox or if it was Xbox 360, but it, it was back when I was in like high school that this was going on. Yeah, yeah, the esports world is fascinating. It's we're, it's truly the wild west, and it reminds me of like the early days. You know, football is like the, the other sport that I'm really into, and it reminds me of the early days when it was just like, oh yeah, we're a small regional team that happened to have eleven guys that could play offense. Uh, can we join the NFL, please? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then, but, you know, that's exactly, Green Bay Packers is a great example of a team that was just a, a small family-owned thing that was like, I think it was like the the, pack, the the factory workers, employees or something like that, started a team and now look at them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, or there's big money like the Cowboys. It's just like, I want to buy our way into it. And that reminds me of so many other phase like teams <laughs> that are just buying right. their way into stuff. So, yeah, um, they, let's see they can get famous by flaunting their money. Yeah. Yeah, that that TSM from League of Legends is a good example of that where they just they become such social media dominant players that it's like, well shit, yeah, of course we're gonna make the tournament because we need to get the views. Um yeah. it's something else. So we we'll, you know, esports is something. It's just it's the Wild West, like I said earlier, and uh it's it's interesting to follow and see how this is gonna pan out. 
All right, uh, let's go ahead and get yeah, into totally. our <laughs> let's get into our top five industry changing games of the last decade. Uh, we talked about this beforehand. We probably shouldn't have done this so narrow because there's a lot of really <laughs> major games we're leaving off our list. Uh, we're gonna go from five to one, and then again, like I had said to you beforehand, if there's anything that we have you know tied up, just let me know. Uh, I'm gonna start us off. My number five. Speaking of what we we're talking about before, is Overwatch. Overwatch made hero-based shooters popular. Before that, there was really like Team Fortress was the name uh, that you'd go to, and uh, the, te- the the idea of a hero shooter where everybody has different abilities and stuff like that, I think, was more appealing to a wider audience. Where if you have a, a shooter like Call of Duty, or especially if you had one of the Rainbow Sixes, you'd walk in, and if you were unskilled, you were right away at a disadvantage. Uh, and Overwatch created the situation where you'd walk in, and because of the hero abilities. You made it a team-based game where even if you were not a great player, you could still be useful to the team as a whole. It was very hard to actually feed the enemy team a win. And uh, and then they had this thing where they made almost like a Pixar-like world with their animated shorts and stuff like that. And uh, Yes, those are awesome. They're really cool. They're really well done. And, I, and you know, it's one of those things where every time you watch it, you're like, why don't they make movies? It's something you always tell yourself. Uh, and. Yeah. And I think this this environment that they created where you have heroes that with different abilities and then you have like this whole stigma of or not a stigma, but this this uh, culture you've created throughout your shorts that, that lead into a backstory that's not really told in game. I think that's used now in the future by so many uh, games we have. Uh, we're talking about Valorant is another good example where they have these characters that came out that are very stylized and they have like, oh, well, that guy's clearly this is troubled assassin. And this one's, you know, everybody plays into these characters that are not necessarily told to the game. And, yeah. uh, and it's, and we've seen it in a lot of other games where they don't necessarily give you the full details of the background. You can get companion apps or something like that to fill you in. And it's this extra effort that the player has to put in if they want to know more. Uh, and, uh, it's becoming regular and regular. And I think in a world where we have the phones and we have everything with us, why not? Destiny 2 is a good example too, where if you were to play Destiny yeah. 2, you'd be really confused if you didn't know what the story was. Well, you want the story, you have to do some research. It's not going to be given to you right away. And same thing yeah. with Overwatch. You're not going to know about the two different revolutions and all this stuff that Overwatch has got going on unless you actually want to search for it. And there's little tidbits and clues, which are a lot of fun to find. But Overwatch just gives you just a peek in it and, and makes you want to become more involved in the game and, and the lifestyle to learn more about the game you're playing. And uh, so, yeah, that's my number five right there. All right. Well, my number five is ingress okay okay and i'll say ingress because it's ultimately what led us to pokemon go yeah so i don't i don't know if i could say pokemon go without saying ingress so it's kind of a both situation they're essentially the same game right right well my number (laughs) three is pokemon go so let's (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah so tell us about ingress so Ingress is like it's one of those ARG, it's a location-based game where you're going to landmarks in order to like more or less capture them. Mm-hmm. And you it, it's supposed to be like a social thing. So like it it basically pit you up against teams. And Pokemon Go doesn't really have it sort of has teams. It has like your three your three teams. I forget what they're called. Like Yeah, um, I, I know I'm part of the blue one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's, they have colors, but I can't remember the names. Yeah. Um but the, in Ingress, there's just two teams, and the whole idea was just to get people out and interacting with each other, 
and going and capturing these uh like portals and collecting energy like you there you'd open up the game and there'd just be like crystals all over the ground and you just had to walk near them and it would pick up your and it would be your energy and that's what you would use in order to basically take over your town in a way yeah um and so that ultimately led to Pokemon Go, which became a huge phenomenon and is making piles and piles and piles of money still. And it became such a phenomenon in what was what was that 2016 that that, that came it out? Sounds about right, yeah. Um and that when that came out it was no, it couldn't have been 2016. It had to have been 20 no, yeah, it had to be 2016 because I maybe it was 2015. I don't know. It's crazy, but it, <laughs> it maybe yeah, I believe it 2016, was 2016. July 6, 2016. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it was 2016, and it it became such a phenomenon of people playing it nonstop and running, walking into traffic accidentally because they're looking at their phones, and it, it it was such a thing that even places that. You you know that these people are not into video games, but they knew that people were out and doing things that they actually would be. They actually put up signs saying like Pokemon Go special, buy this and get something for free, or yeah. get something half off. And that's something I've I've never seen that in response to a video game before. Um, but people were doing that everywhere, and it was like the strangest thing to me. And I still have I haven't seen anything like that to this day. Yeah, they tried <laughs> with like the Harry Potter clone and stuff like that, but just nothing sticking like pokemon go did yeah it's just it's it's a crazy thing it's it's a game that actually gets people out walking yeah i mean how bizarre is that yeah. <laughs> it's what we try to do but you're outside now so, yeah yeah uh, I'll, I'll add to that uh, and get my three out of the way so yeah pokemon go um i have a it's a weird situation where at the time i lived in a small town uh here in california and pokemon go comes out and it's huge and there ends up being this one intersection where there's like this diner and stuff like that. But they're all closed, of course, when we go out there. We start at like 10 o'clock. People just start dropping lures on this one spot. And there has to be like 50 people every single night, 10 o'clock p.m. till about 1 that are just sitting there catching Pokemon and hanging out. So I'm out there. I'm catching my Pokemon, trying to get as much as I can. Got to catch them all. And um, I say something to somebody else in reference to League of Legends. And uh, this gentleman next to me says, Wait, I know that. That's League of Legends. Yeah, da, 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 da. You know, I'm talking about mid or something like that. And uh, oh yeah, and then he's like, you know what? You look familiar. I think you might be my neighbor. Sure enough, this is Justin, my neighbor that I had not talked to, just because that's how life is. I play <laughs> video games all day. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he ends up being my legit neighbor. And uh, from there, he joins my guild on World of Warcraft, and we become these friends on Discord. And uh, now to this day, we both have moved from those homes. But yet, you know, he hits me up every so often, like, hey, how is it going? And that's all from Pokemon Go, hanging out <laughs> way too late at night, trying to catch him. Yeah. Uh, it was a community yeah, essentially, Yeah, essentially the ingress experiment worked is yeah. what that is, is they, they got people out and socializing and meeting other people. Because I noticed that, too, when I, the brief time I played, because ours was, I mean, living in Montana, there's only so much for us to do up here for that. Mm -hmm. um, there's not as many landmarks, I guess. And also, like, winter time is kind of hard. Um, but, uh, you could go to like the ca college campus and there's like a few, you could make a couple loops around the college campus to collect and, and, and catch some Pokemon. And, uh, there'd always be people that are kind of hanging around the, 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 the landmarks 
um, the Pokestops and stuff where you can collect stuff. So there was kind of just a weird phenomenon where like this, this video, the video game is bringing people together in real life. Yeah. So I think that's something that hasn't really ever been done before. Yeah. It, in it successfully anyway. And it shook the world too. Cause I, I, one of the funny stories I remember is all these, you know, news reporters that were out there, like kids are going to get hit by cars they're not paying attention. Da, 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 da. And it, it kind of reminds me of like the eighties panic over D and D like, Oh, this is how they opened up the portals to hell. and shit, You know? And it's like, <laughs> they're just out there having fun guys. Be happy. They're outside. Cause it's not like these kids wouldn't be playing video games. Right. They're at least breathing fresh air. <laughs> I like, don't, yeah. don't stop this. <laughs> exactly oh man okay that was a good one so that was your number five correct <laughs> yeah that was a good one okay so uh, i'll go with my number four and that's telltale's walking dead uh oh that's a good one yes this was uh one of the i think if i'm not mistaken was the first big game to use uh the episodic f- uh, format where they release an episode at a time and you just buy as you go uh it worked really well on mobile and consoles and pc too uh which was something that was pretty unique because the game was was so narrative forward to where you were participating in a story, not necessarily, uh, you know, making every action that needed to be made. Uh, you were mostly just making decisions, kind of the old click and, you know, go adventures. Uh, it actually worked well for mobile and everything like that. So people all over the world were playing it. It created this telltale company that had such a good uh, story behind them that people were like, okay, I got to get these other games. Um, and they kept making other games that were successful uh, until they came across Batman, which became too expensive to make uh, and ended up, that plus, you know, unfortunate working conditions ended up sinking the company. Uh, but yeah, this, it's still echoed throughout the rest of the industry where we saw other companies decide to go with the episodic format and release uh, bits chunk at a time. And it actually, what's funny is Telltale did things wrong in the fact that they pushed their employees too hard to do this. But other companies are now using the episodic format to spread the content over time and relieve the tension on on employees. So uh, it's a way to reduce crunch culture, which is a common problem in the gaming industry right now. And uh, by accident, Telltale stepped into that. And uh, yeah, so Walking Dead is a great story. I I I can't believe how many times I've said like this is what AMC should be doing. Forget the current story with Rick; yes. that's all done now. Go with this. This is a really good story. Um, it, it was wonderful. Did you have a chance to play it? Yeah, I you know I never really got into the Telltale games because it's not my style of play yeah <laughs> so yeah. but i knew i do know the impact of it i know a lot of people that were really into it because of just it's it's a really narrative driven game um and it's it's a lot of a lot of writing involved i think ultimately telltale it, their biggest downfall is they got over ambitious and started working on too many projects at the same time true yeah yeah and they they, they went for the big ips and it was like walking dead was yeah. just right because they were going after the comic version of walking dead which was still kind of like available if anybody wanted to work on it which is kind of this weird yeah. window they were in uh and then when they grabbed batman it was like oh guys no 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 <laughs> don't yeah. don't touch WB and then they stuff. Kept, yeah they kept buying more and more pay, paying for more and more licenses and it's just like put something out first please stop yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> we know where this is going <laughs> Like they had so much, so much out there that they were doing, and and all this was ha- like, I feel like, Telltale Games is such a flash in the pan as far as a company goes, because that was like what 2013, 2014, yeah. and now they're gone. <laughs> yeah, they burnt bright Ooh. but quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, what are we looking for? Your number four. For number four, I have, uh, Dark Souls. 
And I I don't actually know much about Dark Souls. It's not a game that I get in I got into, but I do know like it really shook the industry yeah. to the core with like bringing bringing back games that are hard as heck. Yeah. <laughs> like people playing these games that it because it came at a time where like games even hard versions of games were like these are easy to get through. And now it brought back the whole like you have to be really methodical and testing the boundaries of what you can do and poking and prodding at the uh at the boss um in order to find where the weaknesses are and dying over and over again until you find the right combination of moves that you can do in order to beat the boss and it was just this really unforgiving game that just really got a lot of people excited about playing hard games so i think that's 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 pretty much my bit on dark souls because i've never actually played it myself Um, I, I was just talking to Lucas from Wonder Soul about this game. And uh, the thing I brought up with him is what's pretty amazing is this game actually... Well, no, it was somebody else. It was uh, Kyle. Um, so you guys can check out uh, Injection Kyle on Twitch. There you go. That's a shout out for him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he... Uh, we, I was saying like, what's amazing is this basically started a new genre. Like, I, I don't know if we have a name for it yet, but I know I have heard myself say like, oh, you know, it's like a Dark Souls game. You know, like, oh, yeah, it's going to be like a new Dark Souls. And uh, so it kind of created this genre where you're sitting there and it, it's like taking the old school platformers that we used to have or like Ninja Gaiden, which is the worst. Um, where you just smash your face against the wall enough times until you break it. And uh, and they've repeated it and they made it a success again. And I mean, Demon's Souls is announced for the next one, which is a remaster of the old Demon's Souls. Yes. Uh, coming up for, for PS5. Uh, and people are just on board. So that shows the impact that this game has had. It was a good choice. Yeah. Uh, okay, going into my number three, which was Pokemon Go, uh, we pretty much n- uh, nailed it on the head. But I do want to shout out to uh, um, Alternate Universe uh, Podcast. Uh, they're avid Pokemon Go uh, players, and most of his episodes tend to be about Pokemon Go and Pokemon in general. So you guys, if you guys want to follow somebody, check them out. Uh, I have been on there so many times. Uh, so go ahead and swing by and visit them if you guys are really into Pokemon Go. Oh, Mar- Marcus really got into uh, Pokemon Go when that came out too. Like he was, he was the guy that was out there like walking like twelve miles a day so that oh, he could wow. hatch his eggs. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I was the guy who found out if you drive slow enough, you could do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was he was doing that. But of course, us being a Montana winter really puts a big inhibitor on playing Pokemon Go, so it kind of died out once once winter hit for us. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I've since moved out into kind of the country and I have one stop that's about half a mile down. And so I was like, OK, well, I guess I'm done playing Pokemon Go. So you think there would be something they can do to address that if they wanted to respark the uh, love for it? So my number three is Grand Theft Auto five. All right. That's my number one. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this. <laughs> so Grand Theft Auto five is a money maker that game came out it was huge because it was already a game in a franchise that people loved people were excited for especially after grand theft auto 4 because people weren't too keen on that even though i thought grand theft auto was 4 was a fun game for what it was um but people were so excited for grand theft auto 5 because of how big the world was how unique they made it compared to the previous versions where you have three main characters and three different stories that you could play but I mean that as good as the story is and as good as that open world is that's about where that the single player stops and Grand Theft Auto lo- online begins a total mess when it first launched they servers were constantly down it was constantly crashing 
And it got to a point where they had to just gift everybody a whole bunch of free online money uh, to appease them when they finally got it all in working order. But once it got it working, it took off like crazy. And all the custom games that people were playing and all the mini games people were doing and all the all the stuff people were doing in that game and, and now modding the game on PC and all the crazy stuff that people are doing. And it's just been so crazy. <laughs> I can't even... I mean, the amount of money that game has made, it's in the billions, right? I, it, it I can't has remember to, the last It's been number, number one seller on Steam like for yeah. years at like, a time, think, which is kind like, of crazy. I think what the last the last time I remember an article about it, it was like it's the number one most money making piece, single piece of entertainment media in history. God, that's such a big way to put it too. <laughs> that's that's like yeah. shunning Avengers Endgame. Like that's so big. Yeah. Well, it, you know, and it did. It made it's made more money than I wonder if I can look it up really quick. But I I believe it's made like double the amount of money that Avengers made. That's so crazy. And then, uh, you know, if you look at industry wise, uh, it's one of a few games I can think of that's actually going to be on three different consoles, um, console generations. So it came out on like if you're looking at Xbox lifespans, uh, that came out on the 360, and then it's it was on Series X, and it will be on uh, the or it was on Xbox One, it'll yes. be on Series X. That's a testament yep. to the game. They announced uh, at the PS5 event, uh, that was how they opened it up, was showing that they're enhancing it for PS5 and that the, the uh, yep. purchase of PS4 is going to be, be like a separate, there's going to be like a separate online, a GTA 5 online for the new new generation. Yeah. It's just yeah, shows uh, how popular that is. It's crazy. I found, I found one number here. This is from January, two, uh, tw- January 2019. Um, is made somewhere in the neighborhood of six billion dollars. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> it's that's a lot of money. Rockstar's that's doing a lot just of money. fine. Uh, I just did the research on Ubisoft for our uh, Ubisoft segment that's going to be on the next episode of the podcast, or actually when this comes out, the previous episode of the podcast, and they're worth like like five billion. So that kind of tells yeah. you <laughs> where Rock Rockstar's sitting at right now with our game. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's it, as of February fifteenth, twenty twenty, it has sold over one hundred twenty million copies of the game. That's unreal. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's such a game. It's, it's such a phenomenon. It's I and it, the sad thing is, I've never actually played it myself. I never got. Oh wow! I, for some reason, I never got it. So maybe for the Series X, I'll have to finally get. It. There you go. Yeah. And I I would have got it on on the Epic Game Store, but I'm I'm for me. A Grand Theft Auto is a console game. Yeah. I just can't do it on a I PC. Agree. Even if I use a controller, I just got to have the controller in my hand. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree that it's, it should be a controller first. I, I've i never played the online. I've played the campaign multiple times. I've never played the actual online, uh, which is, you know, that too is weird. But uh, I really liked the campaign. I thought it was a good story. I really liked Michael's story of this kind of like uh, old mobster comeback. You know, it's a classic 80s kind of movie thing. But yeah, it was just a good one. Yeah, they had a good character design on that one. All right, I think we're on number two. My number two is going to be PUBG, uh, player unknown battleground guys. So, if for some reason you're not familiar with this, you're definitely familiar with the people who stole from them. Uh, so PUBG yeah. was the first big name, quote unquote big, uh, in uh, the battle royale genre. They uh, so uh, battle royale genre, you drop into a big zone, you have to survive. It's closing in with some sort of cloud or whatnot. Uh, you find weapons and then you kill each other. Last man surviving is a winner, winner, chicken dinner. So uh, it was really fun. It was kind of, it was 
uh, themed around Russia. A lot of the names of the territories were all Russian and stuff like that. Uh, it was it was a really good game, and unfortunately plagued by cheating. Uh, there's always been hackers in that game, and and they have not been able to shake it. They do better. It's kind of you know like the tides. We're like, oh yeah, right now they're doing good. They they just did a good uh, sweep through everybody and banned a bunch of people. And then you just give it time, and they'll be right back with their speed sheets and their their headshots. Um, but it sparked this some this thing where people started like really grasping onto it. The people who really paid attention were other developers because yeah. uh, Epic Games were working on this this Fortnite game that was going to be a PVE focused game, and they decided to put the battle royale in. And now is one of the biggest games out there. I mean, if you if you know a twelve year old, you know they're all about Fortnite. Uh, it's pretty <laughs> crazy right now. Um, there are careers built on just streaming the game. Ninja, which is a household streamer name. Uh, it's Fortnite. That's where he came from. And uh, they spawned a bunch of dances. You guys have seen So it's kind of this culture that all spawned from this one smaller game, PUBG. Uh, Apex Legends and even Call of Duty has jumped on this bandwagon with their Warzone. And uh, it's it's this genre creating game that uh, made other franchises stop, notice, and mimic. Uh, they tried to sue Epic for stealing their, their idea, especially the idea of a ring that's closing in on them. Uh, but yeah. they failed the lawsuit. It didn't work out for them. Uh, but they're still doing well, PUBG Mobile and stuff like that. Esports-wise, PUBG is doing okay. They're starting a ranked mode, uh, and hopefully that ranked mode kind of moves them into uh, the next echelon of esports. Yeah, that's my number two. Well, that's funny. That's your number two because my number two is Fortnite. Oh, wow. I, Battle. I, there we go. I, I don't know why I didn't think of PUBG. I completely spaced my mind because you're right. Fortnite wouldn't be possible without PUBG because that's the that's that's what they mimicked with with Fortnite <laughs> is it but I guess what I can say about Fortnite is the fact that yeah like everybody plays it or everybody had played it now everybody knows about it um it's it's an insane it's another one of those phenomenon that just blew up it's it's like it's culturally culturally relevant in every way mm-hmm. it's a little less so nowadays but when we started our podcast, like, there was constant, like, it's like every other article was about Fortnite. It's Fortnite this, Fortnite that. There's always stuff happening in Fortnite. Like, they changed so, they, like, they, in a way, like, I, I think, like, Fortnite really changed the game because Fortnite was always changing the game. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, there's oh, yeah. always, there's every week. There's every seasons week, there's that new are quick, theme, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the quick seasons, there's like a new meta like every week because like the world is constantly changing. They're adding and removing stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. They're removing weapons and adding weapons and doing little weird modes where it's like, oh, suddenly now you can snowboard in the game. Yeah. Like, oh, here's you're supposed Thanos. to still be shooting at it. Yeah. Here's Thanos can pop in at any time. Who knows when that's going to happen? It's like yeah. so much crazy stuff. They're having concerts inside the game. They... And not only that, it's it's put um, Epic back at the top of the gaming industry where mm-hmm. they once were. <laughs> yeah. To the point where now we have a new Unreal Engine coming out. Which like that's stunning. entirely fun. Yeah, it's it's entirely funded by Fortnite money. <laughs> it's, and not only that, the Epic Game Store again, f- powered by Fortnite money, they're able to offer insanely huge cuts to developers publishing on their store because they're able to subsidize it with how much money they make on Fortnite. That's what's crazy is the fact that they're, they're able to compete against Valve's Steam because they can use Fortnite money to make up the difference. 
And exactly. They'll do this sale where they'll give you like a $10 coupon uh, on top of whatever sales going on as well. And that $10 coupon, it's not like the makers of whatever game is getting $10 less. No, they're literally using Fortnite money to pay an extra $10 that you're paying uh, to the, the developer, which is that can only be done because of how well Fortnite's doing. And uh, a testament to the game is the latest Star Wars trailer or the latest Star Wars movie. They premiered the trailer in Fortnite. When that came out, I was just like, holy shit, this is a new level. I haven't seen a video game have so much mass media impact uh, yes. since like the Mario days. You know what I'm saying? Where they're like, they're going to premiere a Star yeah. Wars trailer in the game? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And then the, the phenomenon of Fortnite dances. Yeah. Oh, God. They're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You'll see when you see football Fortnite players dances. doing it, then you're like, okay, everybody's on board. <laughs> People running around with like Fortnite and st- like I saw, I saw uh, last year, I saw a bunch of kids running around with uh marshmallows on their heads and i was thinking oh they're like i guess marshmallow is the thing people like marshmallow no it's, it's because it's a helmet in fortnite which is so nuts because marshmallow is <laughs> a very talented artist yeah and then it's like oh no now you made it. now that you're in a video game you know that's just a bunch of kids making that's another thing too that, that separates the game that that i didn't mention during the PUBG thing is the fact that you can build as you shoot which is why i'll never be good at the yes. game is because i'm really bad yeah, about yeah. that especially uh, on a controller I, I don't know how anyone does it yeah it blows my mind uh, and uh, the only that's... game where you can shoot at someone and they and they turn into a ten story building. Yeah, and then you're like, well, I guess it doesn't matter how good I am at aiming this gun in this shooting game. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the heck? Right. It's all about like, can I? Did I harvest enough wood so that I can build this thing in an instant? Yeah. It's I. That's the one I always had trouble with. Is like, how do you balance getting gathering resources or running to find better guns and shooting at people? And it's like, how much wood do you harvest? How much metal do you harvest? <laughs> yeah. And and the the ability to switch your your mind from shooter mode to building real fast to, to as a defensive uh, tactic, then back to shooting, uh, I think is something that I I just I have a hard time doing it, and I, it's one of those things I just don't care enough to master. <laughs> so it's it's real tricky. But um, man, Fortnite is that's a solid pick for a game changer because, I mean, we, we're seeing. It, it may have copied PUBG, but we're seeing other games like Darwin Project stuff like that. They're all copying Fortnite now, so yeah. it's a copy on a copy. It's definitely Apex changing the industry. Apex Legends and yeah, and you know, and Fortnite did a good job. There's that's something there. There, Apex Legends came out, and it was really good when it first came out. And everybody was hopping on board, checking it out. Uh, they introduced this pinging system. It was yep. the next season that that came to Fortnite. Like they're they're yep, exactly they're staying on top of it. They're on top of yep. it. Which is impressive. Yep, that's and that's how they have to be. They have to constantly be changing because in these days, it's like if you just have the same game and you're not the one doing it, it you have to have a really good game for people to want to change it through mods. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive. What was your What was your number one again? So my number one is uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Uh, nothing. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, nothing more we could go on this one except for uh, if you haven't played it yet, guys, including you. Please check it out. It's a solid game. Excellent storyline. Um, I mean, it's it's important for video game history how important this game is. Uh, the, the next one, by all accounts, it will probably be a Vice City remake. It'll be a game. Well, not a remake, but it'll be in the 80s as well. And I think a lot of that is because they just don't know how to follow up this storyline in modern day. So I'll be super stoked if they have a Vice City or, or just anything in the 80s. I'll be stoked it for. It looks like it, man. Yeah. Uh, this game, uh, one thing that's interesting is it came out so long ago that 
the references it makes, like it, it talks, there's a reference to Ryan Seacrest and American Idol. The references it's make are now outdated and it's becoming kind of like a retro game in its own sense in some ways too. So <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny that that happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, moving on, what is your number one? My number one is Minecraft. And I know what some people are saying. Hey, Minecraft was in 2009. Well, 1.0 came out in 2011. That was a good find. <laughs> and that and that that's because I found Minecraft in 2010. I think. Mm-hmm. Let's see, 2010. Actually, no. I actually I found it. I found it. Yeah, I found it in 2010, and that was the weirdest thing. Was like I just happened to be checking out justin.tv this was pre-twitch That's, days yeah, old school. that this <laughs> game was out and i'm like i want to i just heard about this minecraft thing i want to check out oh there's justin.tv i might see if someone's streaming it and someone had and there's this guy named vesper who was streaming it and i checked it out and i'm like this game is awesome and i followed vesper and i've still been following him all the way through twitch to this day on that same account so there's yeah. like a legacy there where i'm following the same exact guy for that long That's cool. But I, even though I don't really watch Twitch a whole ton, but I'm still following him. So that's like weird. Like, I'll just pop in every now and then be like, hey, you remember me from 10 years ago? No, you don't. But that was <laughs> here. But um, but Minecraft is a game that has dominated the entire generation, the entire decade. Minecraft has yeah. been present, whether people know it or not. Minecraft is like in the background of everything. There's Minecraft merchandise everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's there's Minecraft books you can buy. You can buy go to Barnes and Noble and see several books about Minecraft. It has its own it's, convention. And, <laughs> it's just for that one game. Yeah, and and, and the, the the game popularized voxel building, voxel games, and people never even considered what the heck is a voxel until Minecraft. Yeah. But and it became known as the Lego of video games because you could build everything. Everything is a square block and you can build whatever you want with these square blocks. And it just took the entire world by storm somehow because it was a very strange and weird thing to play in the beginning in the alpha days. Yeah, very limited because yeah, it was very limited. Features are still being added. And it was really buggy and crashy. Like if you accidentally started a fire, it would your it would crash the game because the fire never went away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let alone when they put TNT in the game. Holy cow! The servers couldn't handle it. Yeah. Uh, there's just so much uh, to this game that it's it's hard to put it in words because in, in that not just that, but I mean I, earlier I said something about Fortnite, but. I, I don't know if there's any numbers released about Minecraft, but uh, it's it is being called one of the most popular and commercially successful games in history. I mean, Microsoft bought it from Mo Yang or Marcus Pearson because mm-hmm. it's still considered Mo Yang. Microsoft bought the whole studio Mo Yang for two point five billion dollars, and awesome. if That's Microsoft it. sees two point five billion dollars in a studio like that, then there has to be some real money in this yeah. thing. And it's still, they're still updating it. It's still going. It's still changing to this day. And I mean, even to the point where like my son has been obsessing over it. He's 
five years old and he wants a, a TNT cake for his birthday this next oh, that's month. Cool. So Shit, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this. And he watches like YouTubers play Minecraft. It's still a thing. People are still playing the game and doing let's plays and, yeah. and streaming it. It's, it's constantly present. It's not, it hasn't gone away. I don't think it's ever going to go away. <laughs> It's it's definitely the biggest bang for your buck in in my library of games, and it's one of my top three games of all time, personally. Just I, for like me, it was endless. my it's like one of my top games. I think yeah. last time I played, last time I put it on a list, I put it on top because it's like it's the game I think I've put more time into. I played the crap out of Vanilla back before 1.0, before they they started the whole Ender Dragon stuff. Mm-hmm. It was all just the the beta that I played. But then all the mods started happening, and now it's like I'm at a point where I can't play vanilla Minecraft. I have to play with mods, yeah, just because it's like I I've I've seen I've seen the light, I've seen the mods. It's hard to go back to a regular game once you've had all those conveniences and all those enhancements and all that end game stuff, yeah, uh, added in. So it's like that, and that those make the game infinite re- replayable because there's challenge maps you can do. Like Skyblock is like a really cool thing because it's like you're challenging yourself. If for anyone that somehow doesn't know about Skyblock or doesn't know my Minecraft, it's essentially you just start on a weird island in the sky. Yeah. And you have to figure out how do you survive based off of the resources you have there and how do you gain more resources by exploiting the mechanics of the game to create more more wood and create more cobblestone using the tools that you have and building until you get to the point where it's like, okay, now you now you can go and and find the the Ender Dragon and beat the game. It's just like this cool thing that you don't. Um, it's this cool thing that you don't see with any other game. Um, I I would be willing to bet that this game has more mods for it than like any other game out yeah, there. Yeah, even Skyrim. It's got to beat Skyrim at this point. Skyrim was, was kind of like known for their oh. mods. Yeah, exactly. It's it's insane the amount of mods and the and how easy it is to install mods too with the yeah. launchers and these entire compilations where you can just press one button and it installs everything for you and you can just hop in and play. You don't have to test compatibility like you have to with a lot of mods and other games. It's it's really cool that a lot of that stuff is just built in these days. I was impressed that Microsoft embraced it too because I thought for sure that they would like okay this game's gonna shit change and. Uh, we're gonna add a yes. story mode and some stuff like that. No, they've they've been very decent about it, and they've even kept the Java alive, which is yeah, that's, very surprising. That, <laughs> that was the big thing. That was a big worry back in that day when they bought it. It's like crap. They're gonna start. They're gonna launch their own version of the game. It's it's it, they're gonna get rid of the Java version, and they did launch their own version of the game. They they did the whole Bedrock edition, but yeah. that also comes with you can play on the same game on your phone, on your console, that's on nice, your PC, yeah. and play with your friends. Which is really cool, and the only, the thing is, like now they they have DLC for it, which is, I mean, it's good or bad, however you look yeah. at it. Um, I think it's overall positive because it's just another thing, and and if if you don't like it, there's still the Java edition, which is still the forefront of the game development. Like all the new features are developed in the Java version first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I last I heard it was the number one selling game of all time. And... Yeah, 160 million or 176 million copies that's, as that's... of 2019. So I don't know what it is for 2020, but people stuck at home. I'm sure they're playing more Minecraft. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, this it's it's an insane game. I 
I don't think there's a single game I've played more than this game in my entire life. It's it's up there for me. I think it's my number two for for playtime. And uh, one thing I I, I, I kind of find interesting is I've been playing it a lot recently because we do these Friday night uh, community nights where we bring a bunch of streamers together and then uh, basically challenge each other. Not challenge each other, but kind of agree on a different game. And a lot of times it's a game nobody else has played uh, except for the person who's suggesting it. Minecraft was my suggestion. And surprisingly, a couple of these guys had never played it before. That first maybe couple a uh, couple nights that we were streaming it, I so many times I heard the, the statement, I can't believe I haven't played this game before. And they were blown away by <laughs> the complexity that's behind the simple overlay. It's so much more than just blocks yeah. that you break and build. Like yes. the survivability, the redstone, boy, redstone could be its own game. That's basically what Satisfactory has become. It's like this redstone game. Yep. It's it's this huge game that's that's built on this very small and easy cover. And that uh gives it this ability to be inviting for a younger audience that's just wanting to go and and fight zombies. And then uh, for for some of the YouTubers you guys can watch that really go into the complexity of it, the, the most complex thing I've ever seen is somebody has used Redstone to build a computer that plays a 2D version of Minecraft inside the game of Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the people building computers inside the game. Yeah, a lot of people look past Minecraft because they're like, oh, it looks bad. It's like, but you have to get old. Like, there's so much more to yeah. the game than its simple looks. I mean, and you're also thinking this was made back in 2010. There weren't a lot of computers that could run this game with what we can do now right, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, with the shaders and high, high, uh, high pixel texture uh, packs that you can have for the game. Um, I played on a server with a mod that was insane. I can't remember what the mods were called, but you could have like jetpacks. But uh, the funny thing about the um, the the funny thing about these jetpacks, I think you had to have special boots to use them that negated falling damage in the game. Mm-hmm. Because if you didn't, if you're wearing a jetpack and you didn't land in like water, the um, the way the game worked, and at least the way the mod worked, I don't know if they had a really good way of working around it, was that um, essentially, like, you're using the jetpack, and it would you'd go up, and then you'd release, and then you'd go down, you go up, so you kind of use it to hover, yeah. and your the amount of blocks you fell would would add up to infinity. Oh, geez. <laughs> wow. So, like, you, you hold... So you you hold like whatever space to jump up and then you release and you fall and you and you hold to go back up again. So that would just keep doubling the amount that you would fall. So if you hit the ground, you would just die. You had to have a bucket of water with you in order to land. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's just this weird thing. And me and some friends built basically like a a a movable mining machine because it had like computers in the game Mm -hmm. um that could move parts and you had to create like this weird kind of like three-dimensional moving machine based off of like a pusher block because you could use like a certain a piston and it would it would and you could use frames and a piston could push this frame in a direction so you had to could devise this weird like push pulling system in order to have a machine that could move in three dimensions so you'd have like something that could push one half of the frame one direction and then the other half would pull it back pull the other half back and you had to do that on the x y and z axis so it was this really kind of crazy looking thing but it worked so well and you could program it to uh we had like it was like a what it was like in the game or in the mod was a mining laser 
and it what it would do is it would just shoot straight down and mine all the way to bedrock and he had programmed it so that it would mine in a 32 by 32 square all the way down the bedrock oh wow and once it was finished yeah once once it was finished so it just create this big gaping hole in the ground Mm -hmm. and it would store it all in chests once it was finished it would return to home and when it returned to home it was this giant cavern we built into the side of a giant mountain it, with a gate that would open as it approached and it would go inside and as it went inside the gate would start closing and then a tube would extend out from the wall inside its home and it would connect to the mining machine it would suck everything out of the chests and sort it into the appropriate chests in his base i love it <laughs> that's... like the amount of stuff that you can do in that game with mods is, blows my mind and that same game your son can play and just build a little house and and like you know, try to collect pigs. Like it's amazing yeah. that that game can have both spectrums of how big it can exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah. It, you can be like, Oh, I'm just a simple farmer. I just do nothing but harvest wheat. And that's yeah. what I want to do. Like right now, my son's favorite thing is to just run around and collect chickens with leashes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's great. <laughs> and he, he terrorizes the villagers. Oh man. Let's see. There you go. That's, that's a whole other game within the game. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, okay. Boy, we had some outstanding lists uh, real quick. So uh, mine or for, yeah, mine was uh, five is overwatch telltales, uh, walking dead, then Pokemon go PUBG, and Grand Theft Auto. You had ingress, dark souls, GTA five, Fortnite, and Minecraft. Uh, yeah. It's amazing to think that these, all these games covert came over the past decade and uh, and how they've changed the future of gaming. I think I think some of the common threads here that we've seen is games that can last a lot longer. They have a lot longer lives nowadays, and a lot of that comes from DLCs and and these smaller microtransactions. Um, yeah, it's 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 a good list. I think both these lists are really good. What do you think? I think they're I think they're great. I I do have an honorable mention here, and it's not so much a game that. Um, changed the industry but i think a game that i wish changed the industry <laughs> and i would have to say uh uh middle earth uh shadow of mortar dude i love that game so much it's such a good game and i to this day i'm still upset that we haven't gotten a game with any form of like the nemesis system in it yeah it, it yeah like those ahead, adaptable i'm excited like, <laughs> like those those like the the adaptable enemies like that would react to like you killing them and they would come back and and get revenge on you and it made the world feel so much more alive than most other rpg games and i can't believe that nobody else has developed anything for that yet it's been years since that game and i thought for sure like by the time three years went by we'd be seeing it in like every rpg game but we haven't it just I can't, I don't understand it. <laughs> it makes no sense. And it would fit so well with like the two games that everybody says like, oh yeah, it's Skyrim. Like this and this. Well, Skyrim would be really good, but I was thinking Assassin's Creed. You yeah, have, Assassin's Creed would be perfect. Some guy would come up like, "You, I was a son of the man you killed on some random day on a, some random mission. Yes. And if you... Perfect. The, the Nemesis system, especially in 2 when it really starts to get kicking, uh, if, you, if you were fighting somebody and you burned them, they would come back with the scars and referencing it. Like it, it built these stories within the story uh, that that got you pumped. And yet, like, because yes. you were also recruiting people. So I remember very well, like the ones that would come back and continuously fight me is like, I need this guy in my army. Like, and, you know, it created yeah. this like desire to, to uh, embrace these characters that were real 
you know, true grit kind of guys. And uh, yeah, it's awesome stories that it would build within its game. Yeah. And if someone defeated you and you showed up again to go try to defeat them, they would mock you. Yeah. Like that was just the coolest thing. And I, I it's I it just does. It doesn't compute in my brain why we haven't seen more uh, like this yet. It really surprises me. The game itself is is stellar. It's one of my favorite games. I really love it, and it's one of the few games that when I, I first off, I've played it, I've played it repeatedly, repeated times, and when I do, I try to hundred percent it every time. Like few games has me <laughs> trying to play a game that much, uh, but it, you just that you combat is so much fun. It's it's smooth, it's, man. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, and, and I was I was compare it to like obviously the Arkham right. Uh, Arkham Knight, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, like those games, because the fighting is a little bit similar where you're countering and, and parrying a lot of stuff and, and you're jumping around really fast and doing special moves. And that's what I like thought was a lot of fun about those games. And and the fighting was just it was just so on point in, in the Shadow of Mordor. And man, <laughs> it's such a disappointment that nobody else has adopted that. Yeah. And the idea of building your army, too, I think, was something that they saw. And number one, people were like, oh, wait, what's this? Where you could start branding people, uh, orcs. Yeah. And then they they totally they gave that to you right away, number two, and really leaned in on it. Um, it, it became this thing that, like, that I wanted my full army to be decked out. Because normally you don't need to, like, get everybody converted yeah. to your side. No way. I want blue eyes on everybody. And uh, <laughs> it became, like, the side goal of yours. Uh, and the way that the abilities would chain together, you could really become this, like, thing that the orcs would fear my favorite combo and would be the first thing i'd level into is where you'd shoot your bow and you'd shoot like these little ghost arrows right because you're you're a wraith as well you'd shoot yeah. your bow at something and then you would teleport to them and then you could make it to where you automatically brand them as soon as you got there so you would go around and just like quickly brand all the archers and then let them go and you just create this havoc and it's <laughs> again it's like another story in the game where it's like if you're imagining this in a movie it's also these orcs are like oh no they turned on i mean it's just these cool things that are happening because you designed them to happen it's, it's an awesome game yeah it's like that and and even in the arkham games too where i i only played up to city so i, I played arkham asylum and arkham city mm -hmm. but it, it in the shadow mortar and in that game because there's there's a lot of similarities there but oh, yeah. um you get to this point where but it's like a horror game but you're the eldritch monster and everybody fears you you like you yeah. like you what's that who's there and like these guys are like afraid because they've heard the horror stories of of you and like even in like the arkham game where like if you use the same you're if you're using like kind of the same style to take down enemies you would start showing up to different areas and like that style you're using they like they know that that's what you're doing so you they they kind of blocked it off or disabled you from being able to do the same thing over and yeah. over again to take to take down the enemies so like you had to adapt to new styles um but yeah it's it's just so cool how adaptable these these games were excellent games excellent stories uh and then you know something we talked about that'll be coming out on monday uh wb's games is being sold so it's like please don't stop production <laughs> like i know that this yeah. is going to be you know treacherous times for you guys but you know, this, these games need to happen. They're really well done and they're super underappreciated, especially, I mean, the Batman one seems to get enough praise because it's Batman, but the Lord of the Rings ones, they're very underappreciated and the story's super yeah. good, you know, without spoiling anything, the fact that you're constantly being portrayed by your generals and stuff like that really makes you like paranoid by the end. And, uh, the story <laughs> tells so well, it's just like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. 
okay, before we go, uh, one more time, can you give us the places they can find the LGA cast and everything like Gaming Arena, Twitter, Instagram, and all that fun stuff? Yeah, um, you can find us at LGA.GG. That is our website. That's the shortened URL for our website. Um, you can also find our Discord at chat.lga.gg. But we are moving to a new platform uh, soon because we got verified on Gilded, which is a new service that is very similar to Discord. Um, but it's like their answer to Discord because it's more robust and really uh it's it's more it has more focus on esports but it has that those same applications that they have and the same kind of stuff that they have is um works for just about everything else in every better way so uh we'll have a uh, we'll have like a solid link for uh that pretty soon but we haven't made the official announcement yet so it's kind of on the down low you can join us still um i've i've posted about i'll i keep i'll keep posting tweets about it trying to get people to join it um other than that you can find us on twitter and instagram and facebook just type in lit gaming arena you'll find us um unique enough name that you won't really find anybody else with the same name so um (laughs) you have to worry about the an exact url or anything you'll find us if you just i mean even if you google us just type into google lit gaming arena and just follow everything you find on that (laughs) <laughs> that's we'll have, pretty good way we'll have the links in the description of this podcast too guys so if you're on like apple podcast whatever awesome. look into the description you'll have the link it'll be the first one uh that'll go to your guys' link tree um yeah so make sure you guys join them i gotta check out this gilded i saw that you guys were verified i want to check that out um and then i can't suggest enough on twitter it's a good tw- twitter family and then go out there we, we were just talking about this you know getting getting to uh, uh cross listens and stuff like that uh, if you guys like our podcast, you're going to like LGA. Just head over there, guys. Give them a listen. Uh, and let me know what you guys thought. Drop them a review. Let's uh, let's start actually getting... I know it's it's always fun to kind of share out each other's podcasts and stuff like that. Actually check them out, guys. Um, and let me know what you guys thought, okay? And uh, I, think that's, I think that's the way we've got to go about this. Let's actually go out there and do that <laughs> instead of just enjoying... <laughs> you know, uh, you know, so. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. And and go check out Gilded because if you if you're definitely into any esports type stuff, I think Gilded is going to be the next new thing. Uh, I think it's it as far as features, it blows Discord out of the water. A lot of the awesome. a lot of the stuff that you have to do with bots is integrated into Gilded uh, natively. So there's going to be a, there's a lot of potential for Gilded. I think I'm going to check that out for sure. That sounds good. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Justin, for hanging out with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you inviting me on. Of course. Uh, All right, guys, this is going to be it for us. Again, as a reminder, we're not going to do the inside uh, industry deep dive uh, like we had planned on every Friday. We're going to include those in on the Monday shows. So uh, the next time you hear from us will be on Monday unless there's some amazing announcement. There is supposed to be an IGN exclusive Xbox announcement. When that comes out, we will be be right here uh, within an hour after the announcement. That's our... Very difficult pledge to you guys (laughs) to make a podcast episode that fast. But that's our goal. Uh, We'll see you guys on Monday, if anything else. You guys have a wonderful week, and stay safe. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.